like I think Colombia has a lot to differentiate with. Like you said, we have a history of being the best uh, in providing narcotics and non-narcotics to the world. So it's not something I want to deny, but everyone thinks about Pablo when, when we talk about Colombia. And actually, we Colombians get really mad when everyone links Colombia to Pablo right away. Yeah. But within our industry, it's actually very useful. Keeping Colombia at the cutting edge. Colombia has every opportunity to be a world leader in cannabis production. It has the right climate, expertise and passionate plant advocates like Rosa Puentes, CBO at Medellin-based Manta. But operating internationally, navigating supply chains, THC levels and nurturing the nation's medical market continues to be a challenge. So welcome, Rosa Puentes, CBO, Chief Business Officer of Manta, based in Medellin, Colombia. If you could just uh, introduce yourself. Um, by the way, for everyone, I'm Dave. This is my colleague, Jamie. And uh, we are... Hello, sorry. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Good stuff. So yeah, it's all about you today, Rosa. And uh, we're going to f- be talking about the cannabis sector in Colombia today. So take it away. Tell us all about yourself and the work you're doing. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, my name is Rosa. I'm CBO for Manta. Well, um, it's really exciting to be within the industry. I love it, actually. We are into cannabis cultivation. We are a specialized organic company uh, within the industry. We are very much into high quality and we like it very much. We just want to bring wellness to the world through cannabis. I guess everyone is here to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think uh, when we sort of spoke before, we were talking about the idea that Colombia has every opportunity to kind of be this world leader in cannabis production, the right climate expertise and passionate plant advocates like yourself. Um, but what are some of the challenges that you're facing in Colombia right now? Yeah. Well, you know, um, within the country, we have a lot of challenges since the the uses of cannabis within the country that are allowed are only medicinal and in the form or the presentation of magistral formulations. So it has to be prescribed by a physician. It has to be like a formula specifically done for yourself. Um, It has to be dispensed by a magistral formulation pharmacy or or company. So it's very limited. It's very specific. And the other segment that has been allowed to, I guess, to do some commerce is the cosmetic segment, but nothing more. Like we've been very much limited into what we can sell or can't sell. Actually, we are not allowed to sell the flowers to the public within our country. So that's a very high limitant for companies like us. And we are... uh, like what we can do is just to sell the flowers to extraction companies here within the country or a huge development that just changed uh, this year. Before this year, we couldn't export flower. So we were even more limited to like the boundaries of our country. But now we can actually export the flowers for extraction purposes or as a finished product. And also, it has been made legal to include CBD into edibles, beverages, and 
uh, dietary supplements. The thing is that it has been made legal, but the sanitary institution in Colombia that has to publish the rules into how you can actually mm. like start selling a product, how you have to register it, it those rules haven't been published. And okay. we have a lot of prejudice, taboo, I don't know how to say it, also a lot of ignorance around CBD and how it works. So it's been very hard to break through that ignorance, even within the like the sanitary institutions. So it's been it's been like a little bit of gossip around that they don't really know if they are going to allow CBD within edibles and beverages. I guess maybe within dietary supplements but that has made like that, that has limited a lot of the local industry to just be able to uh, just sell different products you know it's not like in the us that i know the rules are within the states but you can do almost anything gummies and all kinds of edibles and all kinds of even very like weird products for us like patches skin patches yeah. and stuff super weird Absolutely. stuff and we are very much limited. And now we have to go and just face the international markets that are flooded with flour. Yeah. Uh, so we are just looking around. I, I think Colombia has a lot to differentiate with. Like you said, we have a history of being the best uh, in providing narcotics and non-narcotics to the world <laughs> so there is a legacy um, there is a le we, we can talk about that because i think that's a very interesting point actually exactly there's a legacy and i think uh, well it's it's not something i want to deny but everyone thinks about pablo when when we talk about colombia and actually we colombians get really mad when everyone links Colombia to Pablo right away. Yeah. But within our industry, it's actually very useful because, well, and it's, it's like it's a, so like, yeah. I know you mean because I remember going to um, Spanabis in Spain and their, their branding, like soil nutrients, narcos, like the TV show. It's yeah. like, they just, it just seemed like the weirdest thing to do. But again, I guess be. it's yeah, a brand. It it's a brand and I know it, I think it's, there's a really gray limit, a gray line there, but I think we do have to take advantage because we've been known really to having the best quality and bringing the best products to the world. And that's because, you know, there's a, there, there's like a geographic position, the climate conditions, mm -hmm. we know how to cultivate from so many years. So, really i i have to take advantage of our <laughs> i don't know if it's a bad point but it, it's we are famous for that and we have to take advantage of it and i think the world needs to change this whole mentality of trying to have this engineered cannabis uh, and consume this highly engineered cannabis to being more natural and here all the conditions are so amazing that it just mm -hmm. naturally grows from the soil you don't right. have to do much absolutely i mean i mean there's a lot there i think you, you mentioned and a couple of things i wanted to pick up on i mean it's that kind of idea that um 
first of all, it's you have a medical market. I mean, it sounds like oddly that there's similarities with what's happening here in the UK as well. In the you know, there's medical cannabis. I think we're one of the biggest exporters of of uh, cannabis in the world, and here in the UK, oddly. Um, but everything that's grown here can't be distributed here, so we have to import it from abroad, um, which seems crazy. And then there's a lot of um, hemp products and things like that that can be used in certain parts of the plant can't be used to make things like you know CBD oil, as I understand it, which again could be a really big you know cash crop for a lot of farmers, and yeah. you know it, it's things like that that make me think well. You know, when you when you talk about somewhere the like Colombia, where you've got a you know you've got the right climate for growing, you know, it just kind of grows out of the ground. I mean, I've got a friend who lives in in Cali, and he sort of said, "Well, it's just it just grows. You just sort of show a yeah. seed to the ground, and you know, within a few days, you've you, you've got a plant that sort of sprung up." And you think, well, again, it, how are you kind of navigating the sort of international market? Because you talked about you know you're exporting now. Is that right? And I know yeah. that there's challenges around if you're exporting, well, you said you're exporting flour. Is that CBD flour or THC or kind of both? And there are certain limits, aren't there, as well? Yeah, well, you know, the limit within Colombia, it's 1% THC. That is super high comparing to Europe or the US. Um, so within Colombia, we can move freely all the flowers that are under that THC limit, uh, but for extraction, you know. It, mm -hmm. it can't be sold to the end consumer. But yeah, right now what we have, you know, it's really hard to navigate the international markets because you have to pay attention to each country's regulation, each country's THC limit. Like within Colombia, it's just 1%, but let's say the US it's 0.3%, most of Europe it's 0.2%. And um, also customs uh, sometimes are not very much aware of the rules of the limits on how to test so it's it's been it's been hard right now we are aiming for the US and for for Europe um, you know in Switzerland it's a very interesting market because they have the same THC limit as us but all markets are flooded of CBD flower or all, ma all markets are very much like, very very flooded of of these kinds of flowers so right now we are trying to look into the thc uh, market we also have we have here in colombia you can have li different licenses you can have licenses to produce seeds and sell seeds you can have psychoactive crop site or non-psychoactive crop site and also to fabricate and extract oils we have all of them um, so, but right now we are only focused on the flower side and crop side side of the of the chain production chain. Um, and yes, we are aiming to those countries or to those continents, and it's been hard. It's been it, you have to pay attention to the reg regulation, and of course, it's a very scary world because you are dealing with a with a product that can be considered a drug in in a in a country. So you have to be really careful and not to commit any crime. So how do you how do you manage how do you manage to navigate that? I mean, if you're exporting, uh, you know, THC flour or you know into the US or something, can you just not do that at the moment? Is that the issue? Yeah. Well, right now what we're doing is we have certain strains that are under the 0.3 percent THC limit in the US, and mm -hmm. that can be done like that you can import into into the us but mm -hmm. you also face like customs 
certain customs borders and, and problems mm -hmm. that are there because um, they test the flower once you get there. Right. And it's it has to be an FDA approved lab and there are a lot of requisites there. And if your flower test is above 0.3%, then you get like a red notice. Like, well, it's not a right. red notice, but it's like you get into this blacklist right. and they are going to just to look into all your shipments from that moment on. You, and it's, it's like a... It's like making a small mistake in your tax form or something. And then it's kind exactly. of like, ah, right, we're going to watch them kind of thing. Exactly. Look, and even it, though it might be an honest mistake or there's something that, you know, is easy to overlook, you know. in No, and, and you yeah. know what we've come to know? There are differences between lab tests and mm -hmm. lab reports. And and we've known that he, even within labs here in Colombia, the reports mm -hmm. are different. So... If you have the bad luck of just having a really bad test taken mm. in the US, like here it could be 0.25% of THC and then there could test more than 0.3 and then okay. we're screwed. I mean, mm. that's it would be terrible. terrible. And I think after the second, um, like after the second time that they find a THC above, above the 0.3, you can be like, uh, stopped from importing ever again. Well, so, just, yeah, yeah, I can completely just terrible. destroy your uh, business there. Absolutely, no. So, yeah. I mean, but if you're exporting flour, I mean, how do you grow? So, I guess it's like you say, it's certain strains that. But is there a way of kind of ensuring? Is this is this something you do? Is there a process to ensure that they they're kept under a certain level? Like you say in Switzerland, and I think this is happening in the UK. We're petitioning the uh, UK government to, uh, well, this the CIC through Maple Tree Labs, who are, you know, we're actually helping with some content. They're doing um, 10 recommendations to government saying, uh, you know, it should be just 1% THC because that just feels like a kind of almost like a global standard that a lot of countries are either implementing or moving towards. But I mean, but how can you, how can you control or, or can you not? Is it, you just have to yeah. sort of say, okay, well, in the past, this strain was below 0.25%. So we we'll just keep growing that and, hoping that the whole thing yeah, is yeah exactly what we've been doing is just keep growing that uh, that specific strain and just looking into its development uh, after each harvest just looking if it continues to have that same thc level and just making an analysis on what might have been different this time this harvest that modified the thc level but we've been trying to standardize but you know we grow naturally we have a greenhouse it's not outdoors completely we are within a greenhouse uh, but either way those are not like the temperature is natural the luminosity is natural uh, we control all the like uh, the water we put into into the crop side but nothing else so it's really hard to to control it we're just trying to see how it develops and if we are able to standardize it absolutely yeah. that's a it's a really difficult thing to do isn't it because potentially you could grow and you could, you could go through an entire crop cycle and then you know if it, if it tests above you know if you basically you you blow a bad result then you <laughs> yeah. end up losing an entire crop and then potentially you can't even sell it within yeah. Colombia. so you 
you're left with a crop you can't do anything with. So yeah, with the, within the U.S., but fortunately, you know, there are other countries that allow a higher percentage of THC, so it's not completely lost, and we can always extract it here within Colombia and just uh, make it a, an oil and and sell it we have actually a lot of uh, allies thank god like good companies good people that are within the extraction services and we just came together to help each other you know i have the flower you have the extraction services just let's uh, help each other and bring the world like thc uh, free products because they those are even like easier to move around the world so that's what we're also doing no, it's a it's it's a good pivot, and it's a good way to work with other industry partners to 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 make the business viable, essentially, and work ar- not around the regulations, but within them, and and in a way that is safe for the business. Um, it was really interesting when you you mentioned that you know Colombia has a reputation outside of Colombia as a as a as a place of of you know of narcotics. What's the feeling within Colombia? toward cannabis specifically i know you mentioned in government i think it's probably the same everywhere where it's very slow to take yeah. up kind of more modern views or, or or more liberal thinking but what's the kind of feeling within the kind of you know mainstream kind of population within colombia yeah. about cannabis well you know there are two sides of it because within the government actually yeah everything is very slow but when you compare it to other kinds of laws that uh that have gone into action um i the cannabis industry has gone by really fast like they have paid a lot of attention to us only this year like two different uh, legislations came out allowing us to export the floor and for the edibles and everything it's been actually really fast comparing to the normal (laughs) like speed of the government so that has been okay. Of course, we need much more help, much more liberalization, I guess, of the of what we can sell or not. But the government has been paying attention, I guess, also because there are a lot of people that invested into the cannabis industry, foreigners and locals. So it's been like a point of attention for the government because we don't want this to go into bankruptcy so they have paid attention a lot and for the rest of the like i guess the common people just this is not something you talk about with like freely there's so much prejudice there's so much taboo around it it's been funny because i'm already like very open to to the whole cannabis industry and and talking about it and I went to a comedy show and they just asked like, who consumes or who is into the cannabis industry? And I would just put my hand up and all the rest of the people were like looking to me like, oh my God, it's, there's so much prejudice still and taboo around it. It was even like hard for my family to, to understand that I was within the, the cannabis industry. You know, my mom is 70 years old and my dad also, and for them, this was illegal most mm. of their life. Um, actually, yeah, like yeah. their whole life. So for them, it's like, oh my God, you became a dealer. And I'm like, no, no, wait, I'm not How did a you dealer. get into the sector? How, how did you get into cannabis? How did it be- become like a, a career for you? 
actually it, it was by chance because I used to work in the healthcare industry, but in the imaging diagnosis industry, that it's amazing, it's beautiful. Um, but I wanted to change a little bit. I, I had already worked there for 10 years and I was just a little bit tired. And by chance, a family member told me, you know, this company is looking for a, a, a chief business officer and why don't you apply? And I said, okay, let's do it. And I applied without having any hope, <laughs> actually, because, well, this is very much new and, and I didn't know much. Uh, actually, I didn't. I didn't know anything about cannabis. Even from your I, healthcare experience, the, there wasn't sort of um, talking about it from a wellness perspective, or there was a kind of nothing. You know, nothing. nothing. Wow. This was completely new to 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 Colombia also, and and mm -hmm. to me. So not, so I got into this company, and of course, the first few months were just reading and reading and reading and understanding, and also it. It, it, it actually broke a lot of prejudice for, that I that I had myself. Mm. It was it was incredible because I didn't know anything, anything about cannabis. So I didn't know about the components, the different cannabinoids, how they interact with the body that we have a cannabinoid system. I think like, oh, my God, you know, I'm a Catholic and God made us with a cannabinoid system. So it's like, what? We are prepared to consume this <laughs> yeah yeah we're ready to we're ready to accept yeah. into the body absolutely exactly so imagine like my surprise and and even though and i started taking it for in drops for um for insomnia so and it it works perfectly it's amazing i i also give it to my dog <laughs> <laughs> because she suffers from a lot of anxiety when we go into the car and it works perfectly it's amazing actually and you know it has it's a life-changing experience to go within within the industry it's amazing to understand better to leave all the ignorance behind to educate myself also to educate my mom my mom is now like okay medicinal cannabis of course she limits herself to the world mm -hmm. to the yeah. word medicinal yes. because they don't like to they're not open enough to no, 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 no. understand the recreational world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she's even though that she's just talking about it and that she says that medicinal cannabis cannabis works and that it's nice and that I work there and that it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> so no, it's it's very it good. It changes everything, yeah. I mean, how many I mean, roughly, I mean, I don't know if you know, and you know, to put you on the spot, do you know how many medical cannabis patients there are in Colombia? Um, there's a huge company that it's called Chiron. Okay. Here in Colombia, and they have a, an app called Dr. Serenia. Um, this is not paid propaganda. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> but um, actually, they have an app here that it everything can be uh, virtual or or face to face, mm -hmm. and they have said that they have in their reports that they have more than ten thousand patients and that they have prescribed so many and so many to come. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge market there, and they also what I've come to know recently is that mm -hmm. the like the healthcare system is paying mm -hmm. uh, for cannabis treatments. Certain okay. certain companies, certain treatments, but they are paying. So this has come yeah. widely. Because we have here in the UK, we have like a you know public healthcare, um, but it's not available there. Or it, 
it is, but it has to be prescribed by specialists. Mm. Was it two specialists, Jamie, or something? Or one has to, in order yeah. for like a normal doctor to prescribe it, they have to get the approval of like a specialist or a senior specialist. doctor. It's two other doctors, yeah, and two other doctors have to sign off the prescription that they're writing. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, and that's that makes it just so much more difficult. Here, it's just a general practitioner you know it has to be mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a specialist so they have this whole group of uh very young doctors that are prescri prescribing cannabis and mm -hmm. and it's fine no no problem with it wow. yeah because i think isn't it three sorry is it three patients or something here that have got public health care funded cannabis yeah i think it's three on the nhs and then total is what 15 16 000? patients yeah. so it's actually kind of quite similar to colombia really because you've got yeah. there's about 50 million people in colombia and if you've got ten thousand patients we've got you know a slightly bigger population and slightly more patients but it just goes to show how yeah. how much the kind of i suppose legislation and the stigma gets in the way doesn't it of of, of people getting access to the medicine that they'd be able to use yeah we are we are 50 million we are 50 yeah. million and but you know it's mainly concentrated on big cities yeah. Uh, because of course we have internet uh, services and and everything because it's virtual or or they have their clinics here also mm -hmm. um but yeah they continue to grow a lot another change in the regulation is that well before they couldn't have stock of those magistral formulations i think right now they are able to sell the formula the magistral formulations in like drugstores uh, but I haven't seen them gone into action. I guess the commercial side is developing because maybe they weren't ready to to do that kind of of sales. But right now, it's uh, I think it's legal to do that to have like some kind of stock in drugstores and to be able with mm -hmm. the prescription of a doctor to sell it in in drugstores. And that would be kind of like THC medicinal cannabis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Because we have lots of CBD products that you can get in like a drugstore here, you know, like, uh, we have like pharmacies, you know, they call them that, like, you know, where you can buy everything from like aspirin to like, a, you know, toothpaste, yeah. and then they have CBD. So I think the perception here, just to kind of compare it, which is kind of interesting, is that, you know, you'll start to see more CBD patches or things like, you know, for pain release or joint. And I think more and more people are making the connection that CBD is the part of cannabis that doesn't get you high. So therefore it's kind of like, that's the kind of almost acceptable aspect. It's the guilt-free version, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> cannabis <Exactly>. light, <laughs> cannabis diet that's, cannabis. That's exactly what I had to actually explain my family. Mm. Like, mm. don't worry, CBD, because of course I have my droppers here mm -hmm. in, in my house. And, and they're like, oh my God, but this gets you high. And I'm like, no, this is CBD and it has no THC, so don't worry. And you have to make that difference for mm. some of the like yeah. the biggest prejudice and taboo that it's out there. You have to make the difference. And also, I think there hasn't been a lot of education into how THC is also super useful mm -hmm. into treating certain illnesses and, and diseases. Absolutely. And I think that's, again, when you talk about, you know, countries like well, both of ours, we've got large populations, but such a small number of medical cannabis patients, it's a case of, well, what needs to change? I mean, I think here in the UK, you know, when we talk to like uh, the CIC and I think the medical cannabis, 
Clinicians Council, they're doing a lot of work to educate doctors and say, actually, this is what, and it's, you know, we went to one of those events and it really is very cannabis 101. And these are like, you know, highly educated docs, but they just don't know anything about it. And that's yeah. not to say this, simp- this is a simplified version. It's just the knowledge isn't there. It's not part of what they've been taught. You know? yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, how do you change that? Well, you literally have to take a roadshow and go around the UK saying, inviting doctors to come and find out about cannabis. And uh, Really? Educating yeah. people, I guess it's like the, the most groundbreaking thing we can do right now because people don't know, don't understand anything. And, and for us, that would be so important, you know, also, because we are into the organic, Manta is into the organic uh, cultivation, cannabis cultivation. But here in Colombia, since we can't um, sell the flower directly to the consumer, there's a whole illegal market still uh, mm-hmm. on the streets. Yeah. So we really need to educate people into that cultivation. It's important. Like you're not taking heavy metals really harmful pesticides into your body and right now we are deciding to give that to the people so just because of the prejudice just because the recreational side of it 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 has so much taboo around it but we are deciding to let people consume maybe harmful products Mm. that are around the streets so it's like uh it's it's weird but Mm. yeah that would be a, a huge change for us here in colombia Although there are a lot of people that aren't that that wouldn't like the recreational side to be legal, but I think it's I don't know I think it's just wasting time. Yeah. Finally, eventually it's gonna it's gonna be legal, and I think it's the best like healthcare policy just to be able to sell good pr- products to everyone and like yeah. certified products and products that are well cultivated that are organic that and also that are from legal companies we mm-hmm. pay taxes we pay like social security for all the employees we have a staff of amazing like agricultural staff and they don't let us sell our amazing products to the to the people and that's it and but it's okay well it's not okay but again without that infrastructure you know you're essentially still putting money in the hands of uh well one of a better term gangsters and they're going to sell bad quality stuff i mean it's one of the biggest arguments for legalization from a recreational perspective in that people are going to find it anyway they're going to sell it anyway they're going to consume it anyway and you may as well give them a high quality product and the government can claim taxes from them you know businesses can prosper Exactly. 100% and, you. Yeah. And people don't even know what they are consuming because, of course, the dealer, the illegal dealer doesn't tell you like, oh, this has 20% THC and I don't know how much CBD and it has been tested and it's pesticide free and heavy metal free. And uh, they don't they don't tell you that they they just give you what they have. And people are used to that, just consuming mm-hmm. whatever the dealer gave you. And if it goes well perfect i'm gonna ask him for more but if not then what do you do you have to change dealer or or you have to tell them and would they care no so so it's hard you know absolutely but i mean in do you feel like attitudes are changing i mean in other parts of latin america too because obviously is it uruguay i mean i know it's a world away from from colombia but i mean do you feel attitudes are changing generally i mean across latin america i mean 
yeah, Mexico definitely. is changing and, you know, Peru and what, yeah, what do you see definitely. sort of happening widely? I mean, we have one perception of what's happening in Europe. And again, Europe feels as fractured as maybe the United States does, you know, in yeah. it's okay here, but not here. Or you can do this here, but not that next door. And, you know, so yeah. what, how are things shaping up in, uh, in Latin America generally? Well, the regulations are very, very different within each country. You know, mm. it's mm -hmm. some countries aren't allowed to even cultivate. Brazil doesn't allow to cultivate. Um, I think Argentina is completely controlled by the government. Peru just the first license for cultivation was granted. Uh, Ecuador is beginning also to cultivate, mm -hmm. but they are just beginning. Like they are, mm -hmm. they are behind a few years uh, from Colombia. Mm -hmm. uh, and but it's evolving. What I think it's, I, I think there was a report where uh, they talked about the domino effect, and the domino mm -hmm. effect is unstoppable. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like one country began, Uruguay began, Canada began, and mm -hmm. then just it's just starting to to spread. And, you know, I'm within the industry, so I, I usually talk with people within the industry and it's mm -hmm. amazing to see their openness and and to see how they talk about it and how, how they want to develop all kinds of products. But, of course, there's the limiting side that it's the government and the regulation. Mm -hmm. And you see so much, so many limitants uh, like that they don't let you do stuff. And those are most of the countries in Latin America. The, the regulation is the most limiting part of it. What we can't do mostly are medicinal uh, uses mm -hmm. uh, for cannabis. Most of the countries only allow the medicinal uses here in Latin America. Mm -hmm. And they even restrict uh, the medicinal use and how it can be uh, like accessed, like you said, it has to be from a specialist or it can be from a general uh, practitioner or not. Like mm -hmm. here in Colombia, I think it's able, like we are very much free into that. But I think in Brazil to get a THC product, it's impossible. You mm -hmm. can't, right. it, it has to be like a terminal case, right. uh, a terminal disease. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the regulation is the biggest limitant or else I think people would be opening very much like uh, fast to the to cannabis and to considering it and also to consuming it and also if you don't see the products and if you don't if you do, can't reach them it's really hard to change your mind mm -hmm. around it it's kind of like that's the uh, you know you need to be able to be visible with it in order to change perceptions but Definitely. you know <laughs> you, when in, when you have a kind of you know illicit market it's hard to do without sort of being the person who stands out and, you know, gets uh, yeah. potentially uh, penalized for doing that. But it's, uh, you know, yeah. but I think culturally it feels, you know, again, maybe it's because you're in this, you know, operating in the sector and you deal with people and same here. It's like, you know, I didn't quite realize how open lots of people were about it, but then I was talking to friends and talking to things, you know, people don't really have a problem with it to the, to the extent that I thought. And that's that's yeah. kind of, and I think, I mean, that's just, you know, my perception. But again, looking at sort of research and things like that, there are, you know, people are open to it. And I think, again, yeah. legalization would just be a complete, you know, it would be a real money spinner for so many different countries at a time when the economy could really use, or different economies could really use a big boost to, uh, you know. Yeah, prosperity. and you know, we are, Colombia is mainly a cultivation site. Like that's mm. our biggest sector. 
And yeah. it would be great to be able to take advantage of that in, in this worldwide industry. So mm -hmm. I, I think it, there are a lot of things we can do just to make mm. it to make it better and, and to just tear down the taboo around it. But it's it's hard, you know, on the marketing side also you can't mention cannabis, you cannot stimulate the use of cannabis, you cannot do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, your Instagram uh, accounts are closed, You're, you are also on risk of other accounts to be closed, yeah. LinkedIn, your webpage. Or, I mean, what can we do? What can we do to be able to sell our products? It's super hard, super, super hard. Absolutely. It's, but again, interesting that yeah. tech companies usually are agile and quick to respond and they seem the slowest to kind of get with the fact that locally in lots of countries there are legal markets, whether they're medicinal or recreational, and uh, enabling people to actually, you know, message on a variety of channels shouldn't yeah. really be very difficult. You know, the people who are usually guilty of being slow are the government, but in this case, I think government's reacting remarkably quickly and social yeah. media is doing a really bad job for the most part. Yeah, definitely. I'm not able to say the word cannabis. I'm not able to uh, mostly, yeah, the word cannabis. And it's it's really hard because they don't understand that cannabis is like the whole genre. Mm -hmm. And 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 I should be able to say the word the word. But of course, there's also a lot of fear into just not being a criminal or not doing something illegal and crossing a line. So sometimes you can understand, but sometimes it's just like like any other product, alcohol, uh, cigarettes, tobacco, they can do some kind of publicity and we are not allowed. So it's hard. But I think again, that presents opportunities to kind of be creative with the things that you can do. And I think that's where the real kind of, you know, there are ways and it's, it's, it's about navigating that. And I think in the, you know, impetus and people driving it forward like yourself always find a way. And I think that's part of the, uh, the yeah, yeah. you just have to find the other words <laughs> and just be creative. Yeah. Into how to show the product or, or what not to show and just be out there somehow to make contact with the people. I think the important part is to be able to make contact with people and make people be interested and people just reading about cannabis and understanding and educating themselves. I guess that's the most important part because it's so useful. You know, here, when I talk to my friends with, within my generation, they are very open about it. But when you talk with maybe older generations, um, mostly our parents, that's it, that's hard, that's difficult, and they have a lot of taboo around it. But I think it's being more open now, the conversation, definitely. And since people know that I work within the industry, they are even more open about talking about it with me. And 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 it feels amazing. Like I have I have no problem about it. And they ask me like uh what's what are the uses what can i use it for and what kind of products are out there and people even uh, uh, ask me if i can sell them and i'm like no i'm sorry i can't sell the the flowers i would be a very happy legal dealer if if the government let me but i can't yeah I mean, what do you see happening in terms of the change that you want to have that will really help your business over the next couple of years what do you think you would like to happen and what do you think will happen yeah well i think um 
like the biggest change that would be the most helpful would be just to free a little bit up the local market to be able to have within our boundaries like a wider um just to be able to sell the flower to the people would be amazing if they want to restrict it to a medicinal side okay but even within that segment the medicinal segment it would be great if we could sell the flower but it's not even possible right now so that would be that would be great also and internationally i guess it's just uh, a matter i guess we talked about it dave about having the same thc levels having clear rules into customs into how we can go in different countries without having the risk or the fear of committing a crime just being able to standardize those those i guess those categories or requisites would be would be a life-changing <laughs> and an industry-changing event because it's hard to navigate the regulations the different regulations and the requisites like the quality requisites if you have to have gmp if you have to have gacp and if it has to be from the european union gmp or oh my god those are so difficult to navigate because also it takes a lot of investment to have an eu gmp certificate mm -hmm. so it's not easy for us latin american companies i guess so it's kind of you know th i mean there's so much that is changing and so much that will change and i think that yeah it'll be very interesting to sort of see again everyone's sort of waiting with bated breath to sort of see what happens when when germany becomes because i guess you know in terms of what, when we look across at europe will that start the domino effect that we all hope it would and with that i mean you know if that happens then that obviously presents more opportunities for for companies like uh, manta to be able to then sort of say well you know if we can sell to germany then all the other countries are sort of waking up. It's, uh, you know, but it, it just takes that that one to sort of kickstart stuff. So I guess we'll see. But um, again, yeah, and, yeah, and federal legalization in the US. I mean, that again oh, would be that would be great just to navigate mm. those many states, those many regulations, what you can't mm. do, the products you can't sell in one state, but on the other one you can. That's super hard to I navigate mean, that regulation. It's kind of in some states. I think even CBD is is still illegal, isn't it? Yeah. I think in it's almost like the closer you get to the center of the United States, the more restrictive it kind of becomes. Like the West Coast yeah. and East Coast, that's kind of easy going. And you get yeah. To that and like, <laughs> but yeah, but no. I mean, any. I mean, this has been a great conversation. So thank you so much for your time. Any final points or anything else you'd like to say about Colombia, about Latin America, and the cannabis sector, and what you hope will will happen in the future? Yeah, well, I, I, I really hope that both the medicinal, recreational, wellness um, sectors or segments are freed up. I think it's inevitable. Um, it's unstoppable. Um, and it also like leaves away like this whole um, prejudice and taboo towards cannabis that it shouldn't be there. I guess it's just a matter of being careful and having the precautions, but allowing the the industry to develop with those cautions would be would be amazing. 
Uh, and well, you know, Manta is there just to provide organic cannabis to the world. We are very much into high quality and, and we love what we do. And we love like the, the perspective of being this uh, kind of uh, a way of life. You know, this is not only a medicinal side or a recreational side. There are many people that use it on their daily life just because of their anxiety, some things that aren't even that maybe that um, uh, hard to deal with, but it's just part of their daily life. Cannabis is part of their daily life and it's like a way of living. So when the prejudice. No, absolutely. It's just about normalizing it and uh, hoping to, you know, keep doing what you're doing. It sounds like, uh, you know, you're doing the best you can with the uh, cards you've got at the moment but you know things are changing so good luck with it all and thank you very much for joining us again thank you thank you very much you too all right. hope Take to care. see you again bye bye, -bye.